Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning Lyle. What are you grateful for today? Mon, I'm grateful for lots of things. I'm grateful for the opportunity to help people out. Oh, really? Yes. What do you mean by that? No, I helped somebody out yesterday. They blew their car up, so I went and towed it for them. Oh, that's very nice of you. Black trailer. Very nice of you indeed. Well, I am grateful for new friendships. Okay. Yesterday, this is so exciting for me, Lyle. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to host for the first time, and this will be an ongoing thing, uh, a weekly craft and chat group at my house. So it's going to be a new... Why can't you have craft without the chat? We sit there in silence, Lyle. How do you make friends like that? So it's a, it's a new ministry, new little um, yeah, little little thing that we're doing. I'm so excited. It happens Wednesdays, 11 a.m. in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. However, of course, today might not be the day after Wednesday. Oh, that's because this is the delayed, delayed broadcast. broadcast. Yes, indeed. So you guys are behind the time. Very much behind. Oh, P.S., before we tell you about that, uh, we had a, a text from a listener, Claire from Sydney. She says, I'm grateful for my sore leg muscles because it means that my weight training is working and my legs are getting stronger. And even though you are indeed on the delayed broadcast, you can text us anytime your stories of gratitude to God and we will put that, put them up online, um, or sorry, on air. Uh, the number to text is 0491064669. But yeah, if you want to jump across the live show, can they do that, Lyle? Absolutely. Just go to faithfm.com.au or use the TuneIn app on your mobile device, which is what uh, what we all use. And, of course, you'll have a perfect signal anywhere you go and you run it through your car stereo or your tractor or whatever vehicle you're driving or your workshop or your mm-hmm. earpieces or mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. And uh, you can listen to it right there. It's, it's so true and it's so easy to do and yeah, I love that it's perfect signal because oftentimes it's going to be a bit scratchy when you're driving around, especially in the Newcastle area. So I love the fact that even though I have a car radio, I just prefer to use TuneIn because it's just perfect it's just quality. Easier. It's best quality. It's just easier. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, just, just it's just easier than it. Yes, yeah. indeed. So jump across to- And it is the future. Jump across to the live show via TuneIn or via the website. You're welcome to join us. And of course, we have so much fun there because we have the quiz, which today, Lyle- Almost didn't get at all. His wife got it before him. We're very excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's lots of humble pie at the moment. We have, you know, free giveaways. We have the question of the day. You can ask us questions anytime, by the way. 1-800-FAITH-FM. And you were going to tell us all about your craft and chat. But anyway, yeah, you got sidetracked. We, you we said PS a, and you're still going. Yes, that's true. Yeah, we did have a great craft. So we did like crocheting and, and uh, we did a bit of sketching, a bit of embroidery. It was really fun. And actually, you know, it being so much fun that a couple of us went out and worked, did a little workout in the evening together. So it was great. We went out and did some exercise. So yeah, I'm very grateful for that. Stay tuned. More great programming.
Gary Job with Closer to Your Heart here on Faith FM this morning. And as we get into our day, we have a clue for the quiz that I've already got wrong. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like that you admit that you got it wrong. Yes, today is a difficult quiz. I'm not going to lie. It's uh, one of the harder ones I've seen. It's a Who Am I quiz. The King of Gera sought me out to make a treaty with me that I would do him and his people no harm. If you think you know the answer, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can text 0491-064-669. Lyle Southwell, you had better not be Googling over there on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm, actually, I'm, I'm answering a text message. Just getting yeah, yeah, sure, ready. sure. I think Lyle's a little bit beat up because yesterday a nine-year-old girl <laughs> got the quiz before he did. <laughs> and she snapped up two prizes. Chloe, I hope you're listening again this morning. Uh, that was such a good call. I'm, I'm still so happy about it. Of course, <laughs> if you can call the us... End of this, are we? Oh, never. Never. Letting you know now. Never. <laughs> if you can get the quiz before Lyle gets it, we will actually send you two prizes. So give us a call now. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Who did the King of Gera seek out to make a treaty with? Oh, very interesting. Speaking of interesting, Lyle, mm-hmm. I have some super interesting stories this morning. Actually, I don't think I have time for all of them. So I have to save some of them for tomorrow. But there's a zoo... A theme park zoo Mm -hmm. in France, Western France, Mm -hmm. um, and they have a new group of unlikely freelance employees that they have employed to clean up the, the theme park. Okay. Collect and dispose of garbage. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, stuff like cigarette butts and bits of paper and trash and that kind of thing. (coughs) What do they have? I'm, 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 I'm I'm thinking here, uh, monkeys? Nope. Dogs? Nope. Okay. Birds. 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 It's so Actually, that makes sense because I birds know. are so intelligent. Oh, absolutely. They've got um, corvids, which are the, the group of um, birds like crows, ravens, yeah, yeah, magpies, yeah, 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 roots. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and they've long been observed for their, their just incredible intelligence. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they're actually one of the smartest groups of animals on earth, apparently. They have a remarkable problem-solving, tool-making, and deductive reasoning yep, skills. Yep, yep, Man, yep. I, feel, I feel like we need to teach those to some of our kids. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, so they, they've got a, 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 a flock of clever rooks and, uh, and they are cleaning up the park and, uh, and the park president has said the park is actually very clean. Uh, these crows, you know, they not only clean up but they also educate people and, um, you know, people often don't realise that these, these birds, which are often seen as pests, are super intelligent and are quite, quite apt at, at cleaning up trash. That's cool. Yeah, and so they, they fly around, which you know, it, it adds to the atmosphere of the park, having like na- nature, you know, in the uh-huh. theme park. And uh, and their trainer says that it's a game for them. They pick up the papers on the floor and they are rewarded. So what they do is they, they fly around, they get it, they get a bit of trash, they find a bit of trash and they actually bring it back to the uh, the garbage bins. And at the garbage bins, they're given like bird food as a reward. So they they go out. That's yeah, awesome. it's like they're literally like sticking a hard day's work. <laughs> they get paid with like sunflower that seeds is the or something. Best. How sweet is that? I love it. And I love that also it is. Uh, I know this is gonna make me sound super green, but it's gonna. It's it's a great yeah, way I'm to. Super green. It's a great way to to yeah, local to local clean up without. I mean, cause you can imagine, right? Like you know, we all put the garbage out, and a massive hunking great big garbage truck has to come by and pick it up, and that whole system. Like you know, now we have just have birds doing it. It's way more eco friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're a little ways yeah, off yeah. from that. <laughs> I'd like to see some crows come and do the garbage disposal on a <laughs> Thursday to, morning. <laughs> we need to genetically modify crows. So yeah. They're about 10 times bigger than what they are right now. Can you imagine massive crows flying down your street at 6 o'clock on a Thursday morning? Yeah, that could be. That, that, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? What could what? possibly lie? I have no idea. We would, it would so be like the rise of the birds and then, you know, that all be taken over the world and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so that was really. I don't like zoos. You don't like zoos? No. Neither do I. It's like going to a Long Bay jail. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I. That's but my. I'm surprised you don't like zoos. I thought no. you'd, like, you'd like zoos, like all warm, fluffy creatures and stuff. No, I do you know what actually like. I I, I think I like the uh, the idea of seeing the animals, but when I actually see the animals, particularly the big cats like the tigers and the lions, and you see them do that pacing thing, and they have that distressed look on their face, and you can see where they've been pacing for years because yeah, the ground's yeah, yeah. all it's worn just, down. You've just, just, just gone to breaks long bay. my heart. It's gone to long bay. Yeah, it's go like, to a game park. Go to Africa. Go to a game park. Yeah, park. yeah, exactly, exactly, and. I, you know, because you you always think like, oh, this is cool, but it's it's <clears throat> it's just for us. This animal used to have so much space. I, I recognise there is a place for zoos, and we yeah, need to have rehabilitative them. Rehabilitative, you know, and and, yeah. and, and pre- preserving different species mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, and studying. You yeah, know, we, we need to have. It. I I understand that. I just yeah, it's not really my thing. Yeah, I mean, I love what they've done with the rhinos. The rhinos almost went extinct, and we've brought them back from um, you know the edge of extinction through you know programs at zoos. And same with you know the, the pandas in China. You know, they yeah, would yeah, have yeah. Gone lots if it lots hadn't of lots of good it. lots of good things yeah. have come out of it. Although <coughs> that is once again humans fixing a problem that we caused. Oh yeah. So is it really that great? You know, if we maybe didn't hunt the rhinos and kill off the pandas, we wouldn't have had the problem in the first place. Indeed, this is very true. And so what have you, what else have you got to share <coughs> okay. with us this morning? I'm going to play you a song. You're going to play a song? I'm going to play you a song. So um, anxiety, anxiety disorders, they're on the rise. And they have been on the rise for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, these, they have like uh, characteristics such as dread, panic, or relentless worrying. Um, and, uh, and they've actually come out with some numbers. And this is really sad. Uh, so studies and surveys done on, on members of our society, uh, a lot of us suffer from uh, anxiety and anxiety disorders and millennials and generation y are coming in at the top so they're suffering more than the rest of us mm-hmm. and uh 57 percent of young women claim to have experienced overwhelming anxiety and 30 say they suffer from panic attacks so for some reason it's affecting young women more and then interestingly this is i found this very interesting some suggest this is due to exam focused school setups Overprotective or controlling parenting styles and widespread access to technology. So instant and continuous access to social media has been touted as a problem for anxiety susceptible that is youth so interesting. who are constantly having their lives critiqued or compared with the lives of others. And also, mm. social media lends itself to a more sedentary lifestyle, sitting around on your phone. Which, of course, Can lead to your, symptoms of anxiety. <coughs> yeah, pushes yeah. your anxiety levels up. Yeah. And because you need to be outside in the fresh air, yes. exercising. The sunshine. It's the, the, yeah. they're, they're powerful, powerful, incredibly powerful um, anti-anxiety, antidepressant yeah. So um, natural dopamine right is yeah. released during physical activities like walking or running. Gives you so we're just all really low on dopamine at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and of course, getting outside in the sun aids in the synthesizing of vitamin D, which also is something that um, improves your mood. And then another th- factor in with the social media is that often when we go to bed, we're going to bed late because we've stayed up looking at social media. And then when we're in bed, we still don't get off the social media. We still get our yep. phone out. Yep. You know, and we, we don't start, sleep. And we don't sleep. And then like the blue light. So it's like it's compounding. So it's, sleep, perfect, sleep. it's a perfect storm. Yeah, for anxiety. Of anxiety, and, of and mental health destruction. Yeah. So sleep de- deprivation is a another aspect to this the interesting thing is um you know they've they've got all kinds of mood altering pharmaceuticals for depression um all kinds of therapies there's now been a song written 
a specific song that um, they've developed out of like sound therapists have developed this song and it's been tested and it stands out from among other songs for its success in soothing the mind and alleviating symptoms of anxiety. I'm going to start playing it and I'm going to keep talking because it's a really soft, gentle song. Hopefully you can hear it. And uh, there you go. It's called Weightless by Marconi Union. And, uh, and they actually measured things like heart rate, blood pressure, cortisol levels in the brain, um, and they were all reduced by 65% Ooh. when listened to through headphones. So my heart rate is just like going down right now. Right we're now. all calming down. We're coming. You know, this is the breakfast show, Mon. Yeah, do you feel calm right now? No, we don't want to be calm in the breakfast show. You I'm want not to be calm at night. This should be for the evening show. But <laughs> you know, you I'm not going to lie to you. This song bores the stuffing out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. It's an eight-minute song, and I had to fast-forward five minutes to get to an interesting part because it's even more boring than this <laughs> to begin with. But hey, give us a call Hi. and tell us what you think about this song. 1-800-FAITH-FM. I'd love to hear your opinion. And now we're going to listen to some real music. This is <laughs> Casting Crowns. With Broken Together. What do you think about when you look at me? I know we're not the fairy tale you dream we'd be. You wore the veil, you walked the aisle, you took my hand And we dove into a mystery How I wish we could go back to simpler times Before all our scars and all our secrets Only God can change our minds 
just be broken together If you can bring your shattered dreams And I'll bring mine Can healing still be You were listening to Casting Crowns with Broken Together here on Faith FM. And as we go to our guest interview, Mon, you've got another clue for our quiz for us right there? Yes, you can check out our clues ahead of time, by the way, on Instagram, where Lyle still doesn't know the answer. (laughs) Uh, Who am I? I was 40 years old when I married the daughter of Bethuel, the Armenian from Padam Aram. I really love saying that. Padam Aram. (laughs) (laughs) Give us a call if you know the answer. 1-800-324-843. Who married the daughter of Bethiel, the Armenian from Padam Aram? I like your accent. Yeah, thanks. It kind of works. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this morning on the phone, we have uh, Neil Thompson. Of course, Neil Thompson is well known to us with his uh, Love Matters segment. But we're working on a new segment because what you might not know about Neil is that Neil is a voracious reader. Oh, I love voracious readers. They're such interesting people. And so every time Neil and I get together, he gives me a review on his latest book, and it's always so interesting. Oh. And um, and so what I've asked Neil to do is come on every now and then and to give us a review of the latest book that he's been reading. So, Neil, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Wild. Good morning, Mon. How's it going? Yeah, going really good, eh? Going really good. Yeah. Hey, um, Neil, how many how many books do you read a year? Oh. Actually, I haven't even tried to count that long. It's, um, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. How do you find the time? Um, I do a lot of driving. And so while I do the driving, I listen to a lot of audible books. Eh? Oh, okay. And got it. Yep. Yep. Um, if it's a particularly outstanding audible book, I actually might go and buy either a hard copy or a Kindle version of the same thing and um, just pick the, uh, pick the eyes out of it that way. What was the last outstanding book that you actually did? Oh, I just want to know which one he actually purchased as a physical copy. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. As a physical copy. Yeah, which oh, one was the wow. last one? Um, there was over over the Christmas period. I read a couple of different books. In fact, I'm just walking to grab one of them now. It was there was a series of books, and uh, one was called Undeniable. The other one was called Signature in the Cell, and the one and another one was called Genetic Entropy. Um, and they're all looking at the creation evolution topic. And, and these ones you the like so out- much you purchased them in real, like for reals. Yeah, yeah. And um, genetic entropy was like the, the standout of the standout of those. It was just like, wow. It um, totally demolished evolution, just created such a beautiful picture of, of uh, so many wonderful, wonderful ways of actually just thinking about um, genetics and how life actually happens. It was just cool. That's really cool, but it's also interesting to note, you said that was in Christmas and it's now August and you still haven't found any outstanding purchasable books since. Uh, no, no. <laughs> they, 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 were, they, they were a collection. That oh, was my, okay, my right um, Christmas holiday reading. Oh, I see, I see, the, I see. 
one that I'm reading at the moment is called The Rise of the Nuns. Yeah, now this one's I'm really interested in because, you know, The Rise of the Nuns, you say that... And that's it, or, a very grabby title, and, and, it, and it immediately sounds like okay, the, uh, the 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 Roman Catholic nuns are going to take over the whole world. But then when you see it written down, it's not spelt N U N S; it's N O N E S, which is right. the rise of the nobodies. Is that would that be a translation? So geeks are taking over. Well, actually, you, you go down, and the the under the, the second heading to the book is um, understanding and reaching the religiously unaffiliated. And it's like every time we do a census in Australia, America, Western nations particularly, what's revealed is those who actually say when it's like, what religion are you? And no longer saying, ticking any mainline religion. They're actually just saying, yeah, I belong to no religion at all. Mm -hmm. So the the nun box. The nun box. And this book is actually looking at those. So they're not Jewish, they're not evangelical, they're not Roman Catholic or Protestant, they're none. Wouldn't you just call them atheists? No, because they actually, many of them are not atheists. It's a really interesting group. Some are, mm-hmm. but many of them are not. They're, they're, they would describe themselves as religious, but oh. just not affiliated to oh. anything in particular. So that they come up with like, yeah, I believe in God and I believe in spirituality and I'm a spiritual person, but I don't quite know like the form or how it all works out, but I don't go to church and that kind of thing. So that's that, that kind of a person? That's it. Okay, yeah. And yep. in actual fact... If you unpack what they do believe, they believe in a thing, and it's a beautiful thing that James Emery in, in the book actually talks about, James Emery White is the author. He actually calls this thing um, or uses a quote from somewhere, and it's called truthiness. And it's a, it's a fuzzy thing, but what they mean by truthiness is, well, it, it's my truth based mm-hmm. on my feelings and my experience of the world. So this is my truth. It's a truthiness. And is this the kind of like instead of praying, they put things out in the universe? Like that's how they sort of phrase it. So I put it out yeah, in the universe yeah. and just saw what came back and that kind of a thing. So they're definitely spiritual. Well, they send you positive vibes. Yeah, yeah. Sending you lots and of positive good vibrations. Yeah. So, so they will see um, spirituality in in the outdoors, in uh, in you know, almost like. Um, bohemian kind of way so they will experience religiosity in outdoors in in objects and things it, mm-hmm. it's really quite amazing what where they'll experience spirituality mm-hmm. but um won't necessarily associate that with a particular faith or um, desire to be part of a particular faith is this like a kickback at organized religion and um because you know often throughout um our show here lyle and i will talk about you know what's happening with the catholic priests and all that all the horrors i guess that come with church you know we can't ignore that is this people sort of reacting to that by saying do you know what i'll believe in the god bit but i don't want nothing to do with an organized church is this, is this like the outcome that's yeah, look, definitely it is. And if you actually think of it, it's not just the things that make the bad press in terms of the things that the church gets wrong. But he, he actually, in the in the book, one of the, the really juicy bits that he actually talks about is the a problem in our culture today is what he calls adversarial um, default position that we take to talk about issues. The, the standard way the media will approach a topic is I'll find an extremist on the left or the right of that issue and I'll bring them on TV and I'll have a, a great big argument about it and I'll say, right, now we've discussed the issue. Well, actually, you haven't. You've just found the most two extreme perspectives on it and you've slugged it out on TV and it's entertaining of a, mm-hmm. of a weird sort 
And in the middle of that, where is uh, where's the balance perspective around these things? We no longer can talk about that. And what um, uh, White goes on to talk about in his book is that in the Christian church, the same things happen, that, that people become keyboard warriors and they slog mm. it out and bash each other up over issues. And so instead of displaying Christian values, um, they can actually have a complete meltdown over some seemingly insignificant theological point and, um, and then they behave in very unchristian ways. And that's a real turnoff to a lot of people. Hmm. So the, pr- the premise of this book, is it um, like identifying a growing problem and then offering a solution? <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what he's trying to do. He's actually trying to say, and in, and in the heart of the book, there's there's a thing that comes through, and I absolutely love this. It's, um, you know, he, he's criticizing, you know, consumerism that, that's impacted the church and so on, but he's actually identifying, okay, how are we going to reach them? And mm-hmm. I love it because there's, there's some really cool stuff here for, okay, these are people who are actually and open to answers, but what they want to know first of all is does your religion make a difference and is it actually going to impact the world? So for them, the most important thing is what's the cause that you're a part of and is it a cause that I might think to actually want to join at some stage? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, then I, I guess, um, you know, we've got to stop, you know, each one of us in our different churches need to really stop and think about, you know, what our cause is and what we have to offer to this particular people group because surely this has got to be the largest people group out there to reach. You know, I think that, um, you know, <clears throat> it's one thing to go cherry-picking cherry amongst the uh, various religions out there or even Christian churches and compete with other Christian churches. But from what you're saying here, this is a, a rising group. And so then, all right, yes. so what does, what, does, what does your author identify as what Christianity actually has to offer this group? Well, if you if you think of it, so it, he, he highlights that if we go back to the 1950s, okay, mm-hmm. the the typical way of doing evangelism then was you would run a crusade like a Billy Graham crusade. People would hear the truth about Jesus. They'd become a follower of Jesus. They would join and they would join the community of Jesus, and then they would join the cause of Jesus. And he's right. like, well, we need to flip that right on its head because the way to reach people today is um, what's your cause? How are you impacting and helping relieve social injustice in society? And they might want to join your cause because, hey, that's a pretty good cause. Then they might want to join your community as they do that. Then they may be interested in what you teach and then they may make a decision to follow Jesus as a result of all of that. That's and interesting. It's just, it really is. It really is. And you know what? It makes sense because what what's all over Facebook at the moment is various causes. It's mm. like, hey, help save this little boy. Or mm. And the most topical one at the moment is the cause of the drought. Let's do what we can to, yeah, to yeah. impact and relieve drought. Yep. So people jump onto a cause. And what cause is the church standing for? What's the, what's the cause of that? And it, and it really brings us really close to the heart of God, where where He said, "Hey, Jesus said His mission was to to bring freedom to the oppressed, sight to the blind, um, and and so on, you know, and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's social justice kinds of things in society. Jesus brought a cause to the world, 
And is the church getting on board with that or is it too busy being impacted by culture and becoming selfish and inwardly focused? So what does he bring out that has actually engineered this change? So back in the 1950s, people wanted to hear about Jesus. Now in 2018, they want to see Jesus. Um, <coughs> both, both, both people groups are you know, coming in to Jesus, Jesus. In, in need of Jesus mm-hmm. and coming to Jesus, but from two vastly different perspectives. What's, what's actually enge- engineered that uh, change over the last 50 years? I, I, just, I just want to bump in there. I would, like, I, when I look around the world today, I see like a group of young people who are growing up and they're struggling with purposelessness and meaninglessness. And I feel like this book sort of only cements that the way we should be reaching them is providing them with, you know, this, with purpose, with purpose meaning. Purpose and meaning. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you're right, Mon, that there's some things like that going on. Of particular interest, okay. So he talks here and says, you know, in one section of his book, he's talking, you know, it's the problem isn't with our theology. It's not the new generation of leadership. It's not the new generation of Christians. It, it's actually the fact, and he goes through and he says the real struggle is that the church is um, has become impacted too much by consumerism. Mm-hmm. So as a result of that, we're not willing to sacrifice or experience inconvenience of some kind mm-hmm. in order to to go out and reach someone because we're too focused on self and what our needs are. Mm-hmm. That's and, so true. Uh, it's a real, it's a real sad indictment against, and, and and at the heart of that is really, have the values of God's kingdom entered my life so radically that in my workplace, people know by what I do and and the kind of person that I am that I'm a Christian. Very- and yeah, oh, sorry, go on. No, no, you go on. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's like he, he says here, I want to reach lost people, but I'm not going to let the music change. I want to reach lost people, but I'm not going to lead a, um, going, I'm not going to go to a park far away. I, I, I want to reach lost people, but I'm not going to risk stirring things up right now in church. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it, it's like, yeah, I want to do this. It's a nice idea, but um, I don't want to be inconvenienced along that way. And in the end, I think, so here's, here's my reflection on that. A lot of Christians, it seems to me, are happy to give away their stuff, but they're not happy to give away themselves. They're not happy to to sacrifice and become uncomfortable and to be accused of yeah. being a drunkard or something like Jesus was in order to, to mm-hmm. rub shoulders with people who weren't like you. It reminds me of uh, the video that's gone viral in the last few months of the pastor who was telling the story about um, the oppressed Christians in China, in China who were, you know, hiking for hours to get to church and their, their dearest wishes that could be in a country like, you know, like Australia or America where they can just, you know, freely go to church. And he's like, don't don't hope for that because we have people who start complaining, you know, in these first world countries when they have to drive more than 20 minutes to get to church. And uh, yeah, yeah and, and it's it's so inconvenient for us to get in our air-conditioned cars and drive for more than 15 minutes to go to church. Like, you know, who are we? Right. We're going to get there at 9.30 in the morning and that's so ridiculously yeah. early for a Saturday morning. I do have a hard question that's for right. you. Neil. Um, so in this book, like I'm a big fan of practicality. So this guy's written this book about how to reach the nuns. Has like has he actually got any experience? Like has he tested out his theory? Has has this worked? I he he is. He's drawing from people who are actually out there doing it. So there's a whole there are church groups in the world, Christian church groups in the world who are actually doing this. Okay, great. And 
and so he just draws on their experiences. But it's a, it's a, yeah, a very confronting critique of Christ, of modern Christianity. And, Neil, thank you so you know, much for he, joining us this morning. We're um, just about out of time here. Oh, look, no worries, guys. No worries at all. And yeah. I, it, it's a worthy of a read if you're if you're a Christian leader or at all interested in in local church and how to make it more relevant. This is an awesome book for that. That was Neil Thompson with our our first of our book reviews, and uh, we'll be getting Neil back on to do Loving some more it. book reviews as he works his way through numerous books through the rest of the year. Uh, we're going to move on. This is Katie Gustafsson with According to Your to Thy Gracious Word. You're listening to Faith. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, oh.
That was Katie Gustafson with According to Your Gracious Word here on Faith FM. It was a quite boppy little number. I was yeah, enjoying was. that. Yeah. We had Neil on a little bit early for our guest interview this time because um, he had to uh, run off and take his son to uni. But um, so we're now coming back to our, our current affairs segment, mm-hmm. um, news of the day kind of segment. And uh, before we do, we're going to have another clue for our quiz, which I still haven't figured out. Yeah, it has. doing my head in. I'm loving it. <laughs> this is good. Two good quiz days in a row. <sighs> Who am I? I had a taste for wild game. Mm-hmm. Give us a call if you know who it is. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. I'll oh, give you double I can, prizes. I can feel it at the end of my fingertips and it just won't come to me. <laughs> oh. You're going to kick yourself when you find out who it is. I know. I know <laughs> that. It's just like, oh, that's so obvious. And but. I'm going to be laughing the whole time. All right. What's going on around the world, Lyle? Well, uh, as I was coming to work this morning, guess what I saw roaring up the road? A tiger? No. A lion? No. A bear? No. Or was it a tin man? <laughs> I don't know. Some sort of car. Two fire trucks. Two, oh, two fire trucks. Oh, this, no. is, this time of the year. See, when you say this time of the year, it almost means nothing anymore <coughs> because global warming is changing this time of the year to like all the time of the year. <coughs> you know, I sort of, you know, the first one goes past and you're like, yeah, somebody's lit a car on fire somewhere. And then the second one goes past and you start to think, is this more than just a car on fire somewhere? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they had a, uh, a large bushfire oh, no. in Nowra yesterday. Oh, wow. Um, people being evacuated from homes. Um, and, you know, it's only been three months since our last mm. severe bushfire here in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Um, the drought, they're, they're calling this a one in a hundred year drought with 100% of the state of New South Wales currently affected by drought. Wow. And so uh, I took the opportunity while I was in Ipswich to actually um, drive home through the New England Highway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just like so I could get an eyeball on what was happening in, uh, you know, Western New South Wales, which is not very far west. The New England Highway is not far west, but um, you know, the New England Tablelands, mm-hmm. and to actually get an eyeball on the drought and the conditions that farmers are facing, and it's pretty horrific out there. And uh, you know, even um, when we launched the new Stanhope transmitter site, yeah. So those who are in Stanhope, New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, tune into Faith FM. But when we launched that the other day, and it was actually really nice because we <coughs> we went up to the mountaintop uh, where the transmitter is located, and we had a worship service, and uh, um, you know some of the young people camped overnight, um, went, camped out up there, and that was all great. But um, you know the, the discussion that was going around is like, do we light a campfire? You know, because you know it was mm. it was it was Sabbath evening, and we had a closing Sabbath worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, do we light a campfire? And there's a bit of wind blowing. When have you ever asked in August, mid-August, yeah, yeah. do we light a campfire that's or not? That's right. That's right. You know? When have you ever worried about a fire getting away at this time of year? You know, I was actually thinking about this this morning because I came out of my house and I was wearing a puffer jacket and it was so warm outside at, at stupid o'clock in the morning. And I was like, wow, the weather is just so amazing. And then I thought, hang on, I, I don't feel like I should be enjoying the warmth because it's destroying Australia. Like it's it's part of the drought, you know. And so it's almost I feel almost guilty being like, guilty. how wonderful is the weather? And it's like actually it's totally not what the weather should be. So yeah, I know. droughts do produce beautiful days. There's no yeah, question yeah, about that. Yeah. So lots of beach weather coming up. How far no is this um, bushfire from your house? Oh, narrow, long way away. Oh, okay, all right, that yeah, way. Not, not anywhere near the hunter. Okay. But, um, yeah, so that's um, definitely a sign of the times. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, and it sort of makes you wonder what we are going to face. Of course, we have. Yeah, it's so and, true. And, and, and I'm hoping to get some more farmers on air to talk about this. Uh, but, you know, we've got a perfect storm brewing at mm-hmm. the moment where we have 
a winter drought, mm-hmm. which means that we're coming into the hot season. And, of, of course, the heat just exacerbates the drought you know, and, and makes the drought come on so much quicker. We're coming into the hot season without any moisture in the ground. Yeah. So that's our first thing. The second thing that is, you know, and, and this is all on top of the drought. So we've got a drought plus we've had a dry winter and mm-hmm. typically we have, um, you know, cool, wet winters. Um, plus on top of that, we've got El Nino kicking in. Mm-hmm. which will raise temperatures by two degrees um, on average and, of course, bring dry conditions. Um, and then on top of that, we have a kangaroo population that is three to four times the size that it was back in the 1980s and 1990s, which is just, you know, which is now desperately feeling the effects of the drought, which means uh-huh. they eat everything and anything everything to get liquid into to, them. To, mm-hmm. to get um, to get food or to get liquid into them. So your grain farmers are suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're stripping the paddocks. Mm-hmm. Um, the kangaroos are starving to death and just you know dying in the in the um, in the middle. It's, it's it really has created a perfect storm for a, a, a once in a hundred year drought. And it's like, well, how do you prepare for something like that? Yeah, it's it's funny because I think Australians often have this uh, false sense of security because you know you look at like Matthew twenty four at the, the chapter in the Bible that talks about the signs. Of the times and you sort of go through them like oh we don't really have that you know many earthquakes happening in Australia we don't really have any tsunamis there's not like a, a mass amount of terrorism or, or wars going on down here and we feel like we're sitting pretty the our really, issue is water we're sitting ducks and yeah. water is probably the most critical issue for survival yeah. that there is it's sneaking up on us and we're just yeah. completely like oblivious to it until suddenly like something like this I'm like hang on we're in it like a hundred year drought like what's that all about do you and think well, we're here's, here's something else to think about as well you know our electricity is created is is, yeah. um, is thermoelectricity yeah I was thinking about it as, I, as I came to work I was like even our cars need water everything like we're yep. so reliant on water do you reckon we're going to end up like Cape Town you know it's something to pray about. Mm-hmm. We, we we need to pray that we do not end up like Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we do end up like Cape Town, I certainly hope that we pull together like Cape Town did yeah. to be able to stave off the, 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 the effects of drought. Yeah, I really hope that we have the same uh, pulling together, that same mentality, because that was really quite remarkable what Cape Town did, the way yeah. they all worked together. <coughs> drastically yep. reduced their usage. And now they are kind of out of the, out of the woods. Um, but, you know, still... For the time being. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely for the time being. And, of course, we had uh, Fraser Anning yesterday making uh, an interesting speech in Parliament, um, calling for a Muslim ban and mentioning the final solution. Uh-oh. Um, that makes me nervous. Now, of course, he wasn't talking about uh, Hitler's final solution by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> and he claims that those comments were taken out of context, and that's 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 possible. If somebody doesn't know the history that well, then then maybe that's the case. But um, there, there's a couple of issues here, of course, that we can discuss. One is the issue of bigotry and racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other issue is the issue of allowing free speech. And, of course, Fraser Anning claims that uh, 56% of Muslims in Australia are unemployed, which is not actually correct. It's 47%, um, which is a, still a rather large number. But, um, yeah, I thought I'd actually look it up, the actual stats on, uh, on between religions and employment. Guess which religion has the highest level of employment in Australia? I'd say that was Christians. Nope. Oh, it's not? Nope. Uh, Buddhists? Muslims have the lowest level. And yeah. the reason that Muslims have the lowest level because, you know, philosophically mm-hmm. and, um, you know, their women don't work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the women are the stay home, raise the children, oh, all that okay. kind of stuff. Oh, okay. So those are taking into consideration. Uh, which, is, which is not necessarily 
a bad thing. Mm-hmm. We have lots of children who are being raised in parentless homes, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is, you know, and, and, and when my kids were young, we invested my wife's potential income into our children mm-hmm. and it was the best investment we ever made. Yeah, I don't think that, that women who are choosing to stay at home to raise kids should be counted as unemployed because yeah, they they're very as, much employed. <laughs> they, are, they are counted. <laughs> yeah, 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 go figure. <laughs> Okay, the highest, the religion with the highest level of employment in Australia is Hinduism. Oh, really? Yeah. All our Indian mates, they come over here and they work hard. They, they certainly do. They run all our but service that, stations and sell that, petrol. Is that know? because they're employing themselves so that they're keeping it in-house? You know, like, like the Jews do? Okay, so the Jews are the second most highest employed uh, religion in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, followed by Christianity. Oh, there you go. Mm. See, I find that surprising because when I've uh, gotten uh, jobs like house-sitting jobs and, and looking after people's stuff, I always mention I'm a Christian because they immediately, like, they love that. They love that I, I answer to a higher calling yeah. and they feel safer mm-hmm. with having a Christian even though they might not identify as a Christian. So, I always thought telling people that you're a Christian, it helps you get to work. Yeah. I, I thought that was interesting though because, um, you know, it does show that, you know, we, we have a lot of immigrants from India mm-hmm. and they are hardworking mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. can't be a bad thing. You know, even if they employ themselves, then uh, well, does it, they're does out there in the workforce. Ha- does that then have nothing to do with Hinduism actually? It's just that, you know, that's their culture to work hard as Indians. I, I don't know. Mm. I just looked this up this morning. I would oh, love to know the answers to all this. It, it, it fascinates me. I would just, um, yeah, I always thought, you know, the Protestant work ethic. But uh, yeah, there We've you go. We've been trumped. We have. indeed. We have. And uh, <laughs> go India. All right, so we're going to move on with uh, our segment this morning and we have Chris Rice coming up with uh, It Is Well With My Soul. You're listening to Faith FM.
sin, all the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the Discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. say 
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.